You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice Jeremiah 32. Let's begin reading at verse number 17. Now Israel is on the verge of going into captivity. They are on the verge of the Chaldeans coming into Jerusalem, the holy city, and overtaking it or besieging it because of their sins. Judah, as well as Israel, has turned their backs on God. And because they have turned their backs on him, he is allowing a foreign enemy to come in and besiege the city. So as we look at Jeremiah 32, again, God is bringing down judgment upon Judah and Jerusalem for their sins against him. But in the midst of God doing so, he's dealing with the prophet Jeremiah. And when you look at Jeremiah 32 and verse number 17, here's a prayer of Jeremiah. Jeremiah says, O Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Now the Chaldeans are besieging Jerusalem. Yet Jeremiah knows with you, God, there is still nothing that's too hard. And so God again begins to stir the heart, if you will, of Jeremiah. Because no matter what's happening in the world, God has true prophets, true prophetess that he will speak to. I say he'll get a word to his people. Come on. Some of you know that at your lowest point, God talked with you. He dealt. Don't act like that. You wouldn't be here now if he wouldn't have dealt with you while you was in your mess. Come on. That's a word for somebody. While you was in your mess, he dealt with you. And I thank God he dealt with me in my mess. Listen, because there were a whole lot of folk that didn't want to deal with me in my mess. Because they couldn't help my mess. And so when you drop down and you notice verse 26, the word of the Lord is coming again to Jeremiah who shut up in prison. Jeremiah is in prison because King Zedekiah, the king of Judah, don't like Jeremiah's prophecies. He's upset with Jeremiah because Jeremiah won't prophesy to him that there will be peace in the city, that nothing is going to happen to Jerusalem. But see, a true prophet can't speak that which is false. See, I can't declare something that's not true just to make you happy. Because if I do it, I become false. And you ought to thank God for having a true prophet. Don't always tell you what you want to hear, but I'm going to always tell you what God wants you to hear. That's the reason I got the word for today. And so Zedekiah done threw Jeremiah in prison for not speaking good, even though Israel in sin. And see, part of the job of a prophet is to lift his voice like a trumpet. And God says, show my people their sins. Show them their transgressions. Show them what they're doing that angers me. Show them what they're saying that angers me. Show them where they're going that angers me. And so he comes to Jeremiah in verse 26. 
The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. He's letting Jeremiah know all souls belong to me, Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh, so all souls belong to me. Everybody is not a child of God, but everybody is a creation of God. Because all souls belong to God. He even said, and the soul that sins will surely die. Is there anything too hard for me? Jeremiah had said previously, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. Now God says to Jeremiah, is there anything too hard for me, Jeremiah? When you have the right answer to this question, it should do two things to your faith. Number one, it should strengthen your faith. Number two, it should stir your faith. You, you, did y'all hear what I said? When you have the right answer to this question, then it can't help but to strengthen, build your faith in the one in whom you serve. It can't help but to stir your faith. See, I don't care what you're going through this morning. If you got the right answer to this question, then you know despite what you are going through, teach it, Pastor, and how long you've been going through it, you know there's one person that ain't nothing too hard for him. No problem too big. No disease too bad. No financial trouble Notice what he says. I got to close. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, this is what he tells Jeremiah, I will give this city into the hand of the Chaldeans, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he shall take it. He going to take the city, Jeremiah. But I want you to remember that with me, there is nothing to hold. And so, based upon all that I've said, my subject this morning is this question. Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? I would that you would look at a neighbor and ask your neighbor, is there anything too hard for God? Go ahead and answer I didn't hear some of y'all go in there. Look at another neighbor and say, neighbor, is there anything? You got to put emphasis on anything. Say, neighbor, is there anything too hard for God? Ooh, that sounded a little bit better right there. I heard some folks, nope. Let's give them a praise for our subject this morning. Good word in the house already. When it comes to the word hard, is there anything too hard for God? Number one, we are saying, is there anything that's too difficult for God to handle? Is there anything that is too difficult for God? To handle. Number two, we are asking, is there anything that's too complicated for God? Because you know life can get complicated. Oh, come on, y'all. There, there are problems that you deal with that can not just be a problem, but it can be a complicated problem. Y'all shouldn't even act like that because all problems that we face... We know good and well we don't always have the solution. We don't always have the solution. And even, even there are problems that we will look at it and think we have the solution. But then when we contemplate putting this solution into action, it seems as if the problem, once we do what we thought we could do to solve it, I don't know if y'all ever dealt with a problem like that, but then it seems like the problem gets even more complicated. Oh, there's somebody in the morning. You, you're not just dealing with, with problems. 
But they're very complicated. Can I teach it this morning? Problems that are complicated can even be to the point to where it's hard to explain to people all the different dynamics that go into this problem. You ever tried to explain where you were to somebody and, and they kept saying stuff like, well, well all you got to do is just, just do this. You're like, no, you don't understand. See, I can't do that because. And at the same time, while this is going on, I'm also dealing with, with this right here. And, and if I do that, then I know this going to happen right here. Sometimes we need to get real. There are problems that are complicated. Finally, is there anything that's too complex for God? Is there anything that God does not understand? Hopefully we know that there is nothing too difficult for God. Hopefully we know there is nothing too complicated for God. Hopefully we've learned that there is nothing too complex for God. But the same cannot be said for man. Because when we flip this question and we ask, is there anything too hard for man? Now the answer changes. I said it changes. Because we know that there are things, no matter how smart we are, that are too difficult for us to handle. Come on. I, I know, I know this morning, without needing y'all's opinion, that I am an intelligent man. I know I'm an intelligent man. I know that I'm not a dumb man. Woo, I'm not a dumb man in any area of my life. I know that I am intelligent. You know why? Because he has made me to be intelligent. No way you gonna faithfully serve God and be dumb. No. He, he gonna make you come on somebody. His knowledge, his understanding will make you smarter than what you really are. Whoa, I, I got to preach this one. What he tells you in prayer will make you look real good when you carry out his instructions. Whoa, how did she know to do that? God told her in prayer what to do. And whenever you do what God tells you to do, in the end, you're going to look real good. I wish I had somewhere. You gonna look real smart, real intelligent. Well, but this intelligence didn't come from Google. Didn't come from social media. Didn't come from the internet. I'm not a product of what you can find online. But I'm a product of what happens when you get on the main line. Y'all don't remember that song? Jesus on the main line. Call him up. Too many of us are online and ain't on the main line. Be seated. And that's what's got me. Don't get mad at me. Not to the point where you leave. Hear the whole message. If you choose not to come back, that's up to you. But part of what has most, some of us, looking dumb is that you don't realize there are some things too difficult for you. You don't even realize the problem you're dealing with right now, that's too complicated for you to solve. You don't have the answers. Woo-wee! Somebody just sitting there, they thinking, they like, did, did, did he just call me down? To my face, did he tell me that? But see, what you have to understand is that as human beings, it equates limited beings. 
the smartest of the smartest man compared to God is a dummy. Do you, do you hear me? No matter how many degrees he or she has, when you compare him to God, his understanding, come on y'all, is unsearchable. That's what the Bible says. His understanding is unsearchable. And so, I want for a moment to look at man. When I say man, I'm talking human. Limited beings. And before I go there, tell your neighbor, as humans, we are all limited beings. If you're around somebody always acting like they know everything, That's somebody that you need to be careful hanging with. Because they not only going to mess themselves up, but they're going to mess up whoever listens to them. Now, Jesus himself said in Matthew 19, we're not going there, in verse 26, he said to his disciples concerning a situation, he said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Watch this, or doable. See, the word possible means doable. There are problems and situations you look at with us, it's become impossible. But when we give it to God, now it's doable. That means he can do something about this. He can change this for the better. Come on, ain't got time to go there. But see, even Joseph knew this when his brother sold him into Egypt. He was betrayed by his own brothers who meant it for evil. I'm preaching to somebody. I said his brothers meant it for evil. His haters meant it for evil. But when God raised Joseph up in Egypt, this is what Joseph told his brother. You meant it for evil. But the one whom all things are possible meant it for my good. See, that, see, that's letting me know that there are situations that we can't bring good out of it. It's too difficult for us to bring about better out of certain situations. Listen to me, including our own lives. Think about where you used to be. When you surrender to God, look what he has done in you since you surrender to him. See, you weren't able to bring about the change. Am I right? Some of our marriages are productive because of what God was able to do in them when we gave it to him. Finances better. Why? We gave it to him. How many believe God can do more with ten dollars than you can do with a thousand? Yes, he can. But notice, we got to go to a few scriptures. Notice the book of Genesis. Notice the book of Genesis. Y'all hang in here this morning. Go to the book of Genesis. Because right now what we're focusing on, is there anything too hard for man? Let's find out something about man. In the book of Genesis, the second chapter. Now, we should be there. We should be there because it's the first book. Yeah, yeah. If you anywhere but the first book. Come on. Genesis 2. In verse number 7. Genesis 2, verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Watch this. And man became a living being or soul. What I want you to see here is that when it comes to man... 
We were created. We were created. Pastor, why is that important? Because if we were created, that means that the creator is always greater than the creature of the creation. See, see, y'all don't hear me. I'm already coming against part of our problem in our nation is that we idolize and we make men to be idols. Men are never to be worshipped. As great as the apostles was when men tried to worship them, the apostles told men, get up on your feet. For we are men also like you are, but not in the time that we live in. Where preachers and pastors and bishops and apostles demand to be worshipped. And any time you worship a man more than the creator who created that man, something is wrong with you. I said something is wrong with you. When you put your spouse before God, you make your spouse an idol. Yes, you do. Because man was created. You remember how Paul had to rebuke a church for worshiping the creatures more than the creator. Look at your name and say, Pastor, write about this one. And tell him we can't afford to get this twisted. Tell your neighbor, man is a created being. Are y'all getting this? See, we're lower than God. Way lower. Now notice what he tells us we were created from. Before you get feeling too good about yourself. See, basically God using these scriptures... For somebody who has the big head this morning about how great you are, can you hear that pen? Can you hear that small pen piercing into your head? Can you hear the air coming out slowly? And see, if you look around, you see somebody frowning and mean mugging the pastor right now, the head getting pierced. See, if you could hear it in the spiritual realm, you sit beside somebody and you just say, Whenever we think we know more than what we really know, whenever you think prayer can be called at the church, and folk need to gather around the altar, but we ain't seen you, See, I know it's true. When you start missing prayer, you're feeling too good about yourself. And see, God going to send something. Y'all don't like this right here. Or somebody. How does he know these things? He's had to pierce my head. Come on, y'all. Some of us that, that, that was always broke. And then we start getting a little money. Some of you, when, when God started giving you more money, he turned around and had to. Thank you, sis. Some of them ain't acknowledging it. But I'm going to have to work with them. And the Lord God formed man of the dust. Of the ground. Woo! We ain't even dirt. You know, you hear folks say, we, we dirt. No, 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 not really. We dust. We are the particles that come from dirt. Woo! Next time you get to thinking too highly of yourself, just chill and remember. You just dust. You ain't nothing but dust. Woo. 
a good job, some of us, of dressing up this dust. Don't we do it? We make this dust look good. But it is still dust. Notice what God knows about us. Now, he knows everything, but it's something specific he wanted us to know about him that he knows about us. Notice Psalm 103. I'm having to go here to make it to my, to one of my scriptures I want to go to. Psalm 103. Y'all doing a good job. Continue to be patient. Psalm 103. Nothing like good teaching. Psalm 103. Psalm 103 and 14. I hear them pages turning. Y'all know I love that sound. When them pages get to turn, I love it. I love it. I love it. But after so long and them pages keep turning, somebody need to go to the table of content. Right? And ain't nothing wrong with that until you learn that Bible. That's a good thing. When somebody call out a book and you know it, you, you I know my Bible. But even the best of us, there are times though we know this word, we can't find but most of the time with some, I try to split the book in half. That's just a tip that didn't cost you that. Whenever somebody go to some, I try to just divide the book in half. I know I'm close. I know I'm close. Psalm 103 and 14. For he, our God, knows our frame. He know what we made of. Know what we can do and what we can't do. He know that we are fragile. He remembers that we are what? Dust. See, this is the reason the longer we live, we all going back to where we come from. For from dust where you created, from dust you shall return. Saying to all of us, no matter how great man is, some of you ain't going to like this, man can be here today and gone tomorrow. Am I right? That's when you don't worship your supervisor. Come on. That's when you don't worship the company you work at. Why? The company can be here today and then set up in Mexico tomorrow. Come on. See, when it comes to man, we are so fragile that again, we are here today and we are gone tomorrow. Do y'all understand that? That's why even in these bodies, we are often reminded of what we're made out of because the older you get, certain things start hurting. Oh, even my old saint just, some of them just sitting there. You, you can't rebuke that. Man, when I was 16, I looked back at playing basketball, falling on the floor, diving for a ball, trying to impress my coach, scraping up my knees and my elbows and sometimes fracturing things, only to get up, y'all, and just shake it off. Just shake it off. Coat want to pull you out. You looking at the coat like, huh? Just give me a minute. I'm going to shake it off. Now when I hit this knee, I shake all I want to. It's two days later. And, and then knee still. I, I done shook it. And sometimes the more you live, you understand that you're headed to the grave. Why? Because you are but dust. <laughs> Some of y'all don't like that. I better move on. You even learned that them teeth don't last always. Yeah, you do. You learned them teeth wasn't given forever. <laughs> oh, men that had chest, that's chest, started falling in the stomach, and, and, and women that were coke ballers become two leaders. I'm preaching right. I'm preaching right. It's all a part of being dust. 
And they ain't made enough Botox to stop us from coming from dust. Ain't enough plastic surgery to stop us from coming from dust. Why am I preaching like that? Because when you realize that we are dust, Listen to me. You will never trust in man more than you should. Come on. Somebody ought to clap on that because you've already learned that lesson. You can't put all your confidence in man. You can't put all your confidence in pastor. You can't put all your confidence in your prayer partner. Notice Jeremiah. And see, some of us ain't learned this lesson. Jeremiah 17. Notice what he says about man. These dust creatures. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Thus says the Lord. Thus says who? Thus says the one who knows all. Thus says the one who's omniscient. All-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, everywhere at the same time. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith Yahweh. Thus saith Jehovah. Whoa! Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh or dirt his strength. Whose heart departs from the Lord. See, tell your neighbor, you can't trust God the way you trust man. Listen to me. When it comes to trusting God, we have to trust him with all of our heart. Let me tell you something. The Bible has never told us to trust man with all of our heart. Because I'm telling you, man is limited. You only follow pastor as pastor follows Christ. So I never trust pastor with all of my heart because pastor is a man, though he is a man of God. You follow pastor as long as pastor stays in the book. As long as I'm coming from the book. If what I'm teaching steps on your toes and even jumps on your toes, you keep following. Come on. Cursed is the man. This word curse is their opposite of blessings. Y'all hang in here. What does it mean to bless? To speak well. When you bless somebody, you're speaking well of them. You're speaking good upon them. Here's God himself, the omniscient one, the creator of all things, speaking a curse on the man who trusts in man. See, whenever God looks at us and he sees that we're trusting ourselves more than him, we enter into a curse. And see, that's when some things are not working right for some of y'all, and it ain't because of lack of effort. You're working hard, but you're not working smart. To work smart is, yes, to work hard. Yes, be diligent. Yes, never be lazy. But in all my working, come on, in all my toiling, and in all my labor, I have to trust you know why that's so? Listen to me. It's simple. Because there are some things God want to give every one of us. Are y'all ready for this? That you didn't work for. That you didn't labor for. And see, you keep working two jobs. When all you got to do is step back and trust God. So all you got to do is trust him. More than you trust yourself. 
I know the word good. Trust God more than you trust your doctor. Listen, child of God. I'm not trying to, um, again, make anybody mad. But you don't have an operation just because your doctor says you need one. Oh, it got quiet then. If you have an operation, let it be because you prayed, you diligently sought God, and that's the path he led you down. Woo, it's quiet in here. But see, whenever we trust man to the point to where we're pulling all of our trust in man, we curse. God himself has spoken bad over your life. Why is that? Notice what God knows. He says when we trust in man, our heart is going to depart from him. See, the more you trust in man, including yourself, the more you find yourself withdrawing from God. No longer depending on what his word says. You know what the word says. But you're going to do it your way. That's trusting yourself. Pastor, I don't need to be in church. But see, God gave us church. Now, men have made church into something God never created it to be. That's the reason you can't go to everybody's church. Come on. That's the reason you can't eat at everybody's table. The cooking is not the same everywhere. Don't be over there eating that junk and then come over here and think I'm serving junk. We eat good over here. Oh, I'm going to say it again. We eat good over here. We don't leave here looking for something to eat on TV. If it be true, you better pat your stomach and tell somebody I leave full every Sunday. Yeah. Be seated as you're being seated. Shout to your neighbor, you can't eat everything. Just like it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. There are some folk cooking I won't eat. I'll look at you and know I ain't eating that. Then when they come to certain folk calling themselves pastors, co-pastors, and this foolishness. Ain't nobody eating that mess you serving. See, I don't know about y'all, but it takes something to feed me. I want to be fed by somebody who is a product of what they serve in me. you going to feed me and you starving? How you feed me and you broke? How you feed me and you stay depressed? How a man going to feed me and he don't take care of children he brought in the world? How he going to feed me and he got a wife and a girlfriend? How can he feed me? BC, Major BC, again, tell somebody you can't eat everything. Next time somebody questions you about why you come up here, it's simple. I can't eat everything. I'm on a special diet. I got a peculiar diet. Am I right? Because, see, you become what you eat. You become what you eat. Eat some strong meat. See, won't you grow?
Daniel said, those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. No way you're going to continue eating good. Listen to me, y'all. And folk not be able to look at your life and know you eating good. Now, some of you, they can look at you naturally and know you eating good. Why they can't look at you spiritually and know? You know, you ever seen these four hours? I'm just going through it. You just won't tell me. You still eating. <laughs> I ain't playing. You got to be able to go through and still eat spiritually. How many can go through some battles, but you still going to eat? Come on. You, you done learn, right? Now, some of you, you may go, you, you, you may go, you may skip lunch. But you ain't going too far without eating. Jesus told her that. He himself said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth. Just like I need a biscuit, I need Jeremiah. I need Ezekiel. I need Rome. I need Revelations. I got to hear them close this time. Just like I'm not going to starve myself naturally, I ain't going to starve myself spiritually. Because I done got to a level that I not only have to eat, but I have to eat right. Listen to maintain where I'm at. Come on. I'm dropping some good stuff. How many like the way you look? Right now you like the way you look. Even if some things could change, you like the way you look. Okay, now are you eating to preserve that? Some of you done lost some weight. You loving yourself. You loving this new self. But you got to keep eating. I'm trying to move on, but some of y'all acting like it's too deep. No, you got to keep eating. Can I be honest with y'all? There are some suits I've been getting in lately. I like it. But if I don't maintain a certain amount of discipline, those suits disappear. Do y'all understand that? <laughs> I bought a suit about a month and a half, almost two months ago. And even the man who, who helped me get it on knew. He knew it was too tight. Button, we didn't button up. He thought I was going to say, put it back. I said, get it. I'm getting it. He was like, huh? I said, yeah. I said, because I got to work my way into that. I said, that's my motivation. I'm going to get it, hang it up. I'm going to have an alteration done on it. But I know I can't get in it unless I work to get in it. Just drop somebody, Raymond. You gotta see where you're going and work to get there. Be diligent to get there. Don't miss getting there. Jeremiah 32, let's close. In Jeremiah 32, God is sending judgment on Israel because of their sin. He has looked at his people's behavior. And now he's sending judgment upon Judah. You know, Judah means people of praise. And see, make no mistake about it. God is looking at America. And he's unleashing judgment. Y'all, let me deal with this. I'm in the clothes. No nation or person or family can turn their back on God, do consistently what he says don't do, and miss judgment. So you hear a lot of preachers talking about judgment coming to America. No, 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 no. Bad way up. Judgment is in America. Y'all, hold on. You cannot kill as many babies as we kill per year, per week, per day, and not anger God. Now, you know how I teach. If you've had an abortion and God has forgiven you, then he has wiped your slate 
clean. He's blotted out your sin. So even in heaven, there is no remembrance of you ever having an abortion. You hear me? Because whenever somebody preaches against it, you can't feel a certain way because you did it. You have to always remember, I did it, but I've been forgiven. I've been cleansed. And it has been cast in the sea of forgetfulness. But abortion is wrong. And it's time for more saints to vote like you pray. Oh. 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 You believe one way, but you vote another way. The killing of all these innocent babies is bringing judgment on America. If the numbers are right, black people make up somewhere between 11 and 14% of the population. Women who are able to give birth make up what they deem about 2% of the population. Maybe three or four, but, but round two. When it comes to abortions, black women are 40% when it comes to killing babies. That means while black people worry about, and it ain't nothing to play with, a few black men, most who got criminal record, getting shot by police officers, Black people are killing millions of babies a year and black lives matter ain't saying nothing. Because black lives matter ain't about black people. Black lives matter is about the LGBTQ community. Be seated, which is also angering God. God is angry that a nation is going to force people to call a woman a man. And you got folk talking about transgender women. There is no such thing as a transgender person. He created them male and female. And whenever a man dressed like a woman, wants to go in the bathroom with little girls, we shall have a problem with that. Because you were born a man. And the reason you know is found in a place. Come on. I'm teaching truth. But President Joe Biden, it ain't Democrat or Republican. Best thing for a Christian to be, in my humble opinion, is an independent. Vote according to what you believe. Stop trying to vote to have the winner. President Joe Biden said on Transgender Visibility Day, it's the president some of y'all voted for. His whole agenda was about transgenders. I ain't, I ain't coming at him because he's white. Obama's whole agenda was about gays. Look at the things they say. Look at what they call their legacy. And you will see that I'm right. But see... You can't pass laws that go against these laws. Come on. No matter how much a woman loves another woman, that ain't God love. Come on. And I'm going to stand here and preach it. No matter who caught up in it in your family and my family. A woman can't be a man just like a man cannot be a woman. Yet we got all these sissy preachers in the church.
He's charismatic. He's flamboyant. No, what he is is a girl. And if Fred was here from Saffron, son, he'll tell you he got sugar. But they don't want you to preach like this. I'm liable to get kicked off Facebook, kicked off YouTube, but I don't care. Because such things anger God. You know what Joe Biden also said in his speech? That parents need to reinforce their child's identity. See, President, y'all voted for. That's reading they're quickly moving to put this stuff in the curriculum in schools and want to teach it to toddlers. Listen, what they want to teach to our children, that you are neither man nor woman. Watch this until you choose. Got one man saying he a cat. How are you supposed to communicate with him on the job? Meow, meow. But see, we laughing. But whenever man go against the word, man outsmart himself. Because if you let this woman say she's a man, and you make me say she's a man, and everybody has to treat her like she's a man, now they coming through the back door, and you got people who are grown wanting to identify as a child, and now they want to fool with children and make it legal because in his mind he's a child. But America has disgraced herself. You outsmart yourself. Nation is so weak, can't hardly eat in restaurants. People got to have their dogs in there now. It, it, it's, it's emotional support. Eat with him at the house. Have a good time. You and Bruno just sit at the house, just, just, just eat at the table, just put a candlelight dinner, and just do y'all thing, but not over here. But see, they're coming lenient and letting everything go. Come on, don't y'all get mad at me. But see, dogs and animals are lower than humans. This is the reason we got people that'll feed a dog before they feed a human. We're mixed up. Listen, I got to close. So was Israel and Judah. And God said, because of it, I'm going to judge you. I'm going to allow a nation to come in and besiege this city. He's going to take it, Jeremiah. Tell the king I said so. But this is what amazes me about God. His ability to turn things around is like no other. He says to Jeremiah, as the Chaldeans are on the outside of Jerusalem besieging the city. He said, your uncle's son is coming to you, Jeremiah. And he's going to sell you some land that you can buy. Because you are his near kinsman. Several, we don't understand stuff in the Bible. It, it, was, it was foretelling of what Jesus was going to do. He was going to be our kinsman redeemer. He said, you can redeem the land. And so Jeremiah buys the land. Y'all got to listen to me. And as he's buying land that the enemy has already conquered, Jeremiah looks to be crazy. Why are you buying land and the enemy has took that land and is coming to take all of the land? Why would you do 
Such a crazy thing. Jeremiah did it. You got to hear this. Because God told him, just like I'm going to destroy it, Jeremiah, there's going to be a time where I'm going to look on my people and I'm going to favor them again and I'm going to bring them back into the city which I once caused them through their disobedience to be evicted out of. Proving again that Psalm 24 and 1 is true. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. But for Jeremiah to buy the land and purchase the deed, he had to have in his heart that there is nothing to you are to buy the land. You are to bury the deed under the ground, secure it, so nothing ever happens to it. And when my people come back in the land, the land will be yours or my people. Listen, see, there are times that we're all put to the test, despite what comes out of our mouth, do we really believe that there is nothing too hard for God. And so Jeremiah obeys God, buys the land, and this is why. Notice Jeremiah 33. One more scripture we've done. Notice Jeremiah 33 and verse 1. Jeremiah 33 and 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. While he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying... Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jeremiah knew that God was going to allow the land to be destroyed but that he would also revive his people. But he only knew it because in difficult times, Jeremiah never stopped praying. Tell your name, no matter what you may be going through, never stop praying. Because tell your name, it is in prayer where God chooses to show us things. Whoa, tell them that we do not know. That's when you never stop praying based upon what you are seeing. You never stop praying based upon what you are hearing. You never stop praying based upon what you are experiencing. Why? Because it is in prayer. And I've had God do it, I don't know how many times, where he'll drop into my spirit simple words like, this is not over. Keep trusting me. Look for me to turn everything completely around. See, it's in prayer that he'll talk to your brother Daniel and tell you, whatever you do, don't you give up. Don't you throw in the tower, but you expect me to do what you ask me to do. And by the way, I'm going to give you a vision. I'm talking strong to somebody. That's the reason you got to get back to praying because when you pray and you call, God deposits oh, vision in his people. And God did for Jeremiah what he told him he would do. Just like he punished the people, there was a time when the people called that God showed the people favor. This is how Jeremiah knew when God asked him, is there anything too hard for me? He's looking at a city being burned to the ground. But what God asked him did what I said earlier. It strengthened his faith. It stirred his faith. God is asking this church the same question he asked Jeremiah thousands of years ago. That it might strengthen 
and stir our faith. I have no doubt that somebody who will receive is going through something that God is going to eventually, listen to me, turn completely around. Tell your neighbor, God is talking to somebody. Letting them know that what they see today, they will not always see. Oh, can you preach that to somebody? Tell, tell your neighbor, God is speaking to somebody. Letting them know what they're going through today. They will not always be going through that. What am I preaching to y'all? Better days are ahead. Better days are coming for God's people. If you think that he has already done better, wait till you see what he does next. Wait. I need somebody that believe it to jump to your feet and start praising God like you know he just spoke your rhema to you. It's about to turn around. It's about to change for the good. Somebody, y'all ain't praising him like I need you to. Not for a word like that. Let me drop that word on y'all again. What you see now, you will not always see. what he told Israel. He said look at Pharaoh. Look at these Egyptians because these Egyptians you see today you will not see tomorrow. Look at somebody real quick and tell them can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. Tell your neighbor can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody handle your enemies like Jesus and God getting ready to take care of some of y'all enemies I'm gonna preach it and behold he's getting ready to let you put your foot on your enemies neck he's already turning it around for somebody Better days already here for you. Can y'all give him a praise for 30 seconds? Drop me some music, musician. We got a praise him for 30 seconds. Come on, give him a praise right now. Psalm 121, and this is it. See, because if you got the right answer to this question, your faith is strengthened, your faith is stirred. See, I want somebody leaving here today, believe in God, listen to me, for that big thing that he promised you, watch this, years ago. Years ago. I want somebody to go home tonight and just like Sister Tamika said in time past, you couldn't sleep from worrying and fearing, but now it's going to be a different time. You ain't going to be able to sleep for joy. You ain't going to be able to sleep for just keep getting up. Just... See, some of you folk married, you better warn your spouse tonight. You may hear me late in the midnight hour. See, it 
It's just like God when folk who on the outside looking in think that it's over for you. God already beat undetermined. If she will trust me, if she will know with me that nothing is too hard. I'm going to so bless this girl that her joy, that her cup is going to overflow. Get back up speaking in tongues. Wake up with the Holy Ghost all on you. There's somebody in here, God used to give you visions. But you start going through so much trouble. That you begin to think things were too hard for God. You begin to think God couldn't do it. God didn't want to do it. Friend, he said, you got to preach this, son. You got to ask my people. And see, God was specifically looking throughout the congregation at certain people when he told me to ask this. Is there anything too hard for me? David said in Psalm 121, in verse 2, since he knew as a psalmist, as a king, that there was nothing too hard for God, this is what David said. My help comes from the Lord. Listen, he's talking about the same Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, that Jeremiah was talking about, who made heaven and earth. Tell you, once you realize, once you, realize, once you truly realize, realize that there is nothing too hard for God, you make him your source for help. You don't go to nobody for help before you go to him. Tell your neighbor, he becomes your source for help. And I'm done. Let's give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.